Some of you weren't here in the beginning of when everything started here with us. And I think it's so great for us to remind, in the, even in the spirit, to declare what this place was always called to be. And it was always called to be a lighthouse. And, um, and sometimes people go through emotions and they begin to think and say different things about places and things that they encounter. And, um, and the Lord told me since Friday, you know, when I was on my trip, the Lord kept saying, you need to declare it in the spirit again. And you need to remind the people that this place is a lighthouse. And, and the word that the Lord gave me years ago, well, I guess closer to when we first got here, was that we were going to be a lighthouse here and it was going to be a safe place. And this morning when I went to my notes, the very thing that I opened up to was the year of the boats. And it hasn't changed for me. It hasn't changed for my family but this is the year of the boats. This is the year of restoration. And, and, I, and I really believe the Lord spoke this so clearly in November. I even have the date here. November uh, last year, he spoke this to me. And he said the boats were coming in. And when I opened my notes this morning, I have not opened that part of my notes since last year in November. And, um, and it was so crazy because I came to open this up and it, and, it, um, and it opened up to that place. So I know it's the Lord. And I just want to read over this with you because I want us to all come together in agreement and unity as a family. You know, my husband was talking about how we hadn't really had a vacation or done anything as a family. And that's what it's about in the kingdom of God. It's always been about family. That's why he had people sit together. The disciples sat together at the table to eat, to break bread together as a family. And I don't see this as a church. I see this as a family. And when I'm in trouble or I need something, I want to come to my family. I, I, don't, I don't see it as a church. I see it as a family because, you know, when somebody becomes your family, you'll fight with them. You will go through all kinds of junk and mess with them, and you won't give up on family. Family is deeper than just a building. It's deeper than just a place you go to for a temporary fix. It's something deeper that gets in your heart, and it stays there in love towards one another. And, and I really believe that's where God wants us to be in this place is family together because you trust family. And you know family won't leave one another, and they won't abandon or reject one another or judge one another. But we come as family as all being imperfect and making mistakes sometimes, but then God comes in with grace and mercy. And grace and mercy is what I've been crying out to him for. It's greater grace, God, the greatest grace that you can give me, God, in my imperfections. And I started reading this a minute ago, and, 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 and I want to read it to you so we understand what God's speaking about the region, about the place here. I recently went into an encounter with the Lord, and I began to see the boats lost at sea in the deepest waters. Some of the boats had ideas that they were better off by themselves. Then they realized they had gone too far. They couldn't find their way back. And then I began to see the waves begin to kick up strong. A storm began to hit. The boats were tossed like a rag doll across the sea. And all of a sudden, I began to see those same boats being guided in by the lighthouse. They began to feel a sense of safety inside of themselves to know that they weren't alone. The tossing of the waves began to bring them back to where they were supposed to be from the beginning. And I could hear the voice of the Lord saying, it's okay, drop your anchors, you're safe. I began to see lots of boats surrounding the lighthouse all at once, and I could hear the dropping of the anchors. All the boats were all different sizes and colors, and all had different purposes for the kingdom of God. They were all important to the king. And Hebrews 6:19 it says we have this as a sure as a sure and steadfast anchor of the soul a hope that enters into the inner place behind the curtain if we just keep staying behind the veil behind the curtain in our secret place with the Lord then the enemy cannot steal hope from us the enemy can't come and rob and steal from us the very thing that he's called us to be I'm telling you right now, the Lord, the Lord is, is coming to bring um, 
to bring great things. I, I was going through this situation this past week, and I, I'm so glad that my husband talks about transparency because I, I feel the exact same way. I feel that in transparency, God, is, God brings a lot of breakthrough because, see, I'm the same just like you. There's nothing different than me than you, just my responsibilities and um, things God gives me requires more of me sometimes. But see, I cried out to God this past week, and I said, God, I don't want to mess up what you have for this region or this place because it's not about me. It's about your kingdom being here and change coming for people and people being healed. And the Lord said, well, you got to remind in the spirit and the air of what that place is called to be, that it was always called to be a lighthouse, that the boats are coming in. And, um, and I cried out to God, and nobody knew my prayer. And I had this, this the Lord just kept telling me, she did about, this is not even on my notes. I'm just being led by the spirit of God right now. And... Um, I remember the Lord kept saying that this specific person had a word for me. And I just kept saying this. I I actually was looking for it through Facebook. I was looking for this particular person. And the Lord kept saying, this woman has this word for you. She has this word for you. Well, I get very busy, and I reached out to the wrong person that had the same name. And I was like, oh, my God. What did I just do? And, and I just freaked out because I was like, I don't even know this person. This person was like in another country. And the Lord tells me through this whole process, and he says, you see how quick you'll fall for the counterfeit? You see how quick that you don't even notice that you're falling for the wrong thing, and you'll fall for it sometimes because it looks just like me. It looks like just like sometimes I'm giving it to you when it's not even from me. It's a counterfeit. And the counterfeit always comes before the real. And the counterfeit always comes before the truth comes. And I remember the Lord speaking to me through this. And I said, well, God, I'm not going to try to make it happen on my own will. I'm going to wait for you to bring me the word. Because I'm not going to try to do it in my own power, my own will to make something happen. I just know this person, so-and-so has a word for me. And when you feel I'm ready for it, then you'll bring it to me. I'm not going to search for it. A week goes by, and this person sends me a message through Facebook. And I'm like, wait a minute. Now that I understood what the counterfeit looked like, (laughs) and when when you, you see you begin to learn things from God. And see, when you fall for the counterfeit the first time, the second time it comes around, you don't fall for it anymore. You shouldn't. Because you know what the fake looks like, and you know the difference between the fake and the real, and the real at that point. So I got this message, and this person says, I have a word for you. And I'm like, wait a minute, let me make sure this is the real. Let me make sure that what I'm going to hear is what Jesus had for me from the very beginning, but I fell for the counterfeit. So I went, and it was the correct person, and this person began to give me this word, and I knew it was from the Lord. And this person said, I saw you with boat shoes on, and on your shoes you had anchors. Those that have been here from the beginning know that I, that I talked and I preached about these shoes that I didn't want to buy at one time, that I wanted some other shoes that had boats on them. And God kept trying to give me these shoes with anchors on them. And I was like, Lord, I don't want the shoes with anchors. I want the boats because I'm a boat. I don't want to be tied down. I don't want to be anchored. I'm speaking to you in truth about this. So this woman had this encounter with the Lord and this word for me. And the word was, I saw you with boat shoes on, and they had anchors on them. And I saw the lighthouse, and I saw the boats. And then she says, and I see the Lord coming and bringing great restoration to the place where you're at. I mean, great restoration. She just kept saying great restoration through intercession through intercession, through intercession, through, through heartfelt 
in the loins of Jesus' intercession, the suddenlies were going to begin to open up in this place. And I remember weeping and crying because the Lord was reminding me, don't forget about what I spoke about that place. Don't forget that it's going to be the lighthouse and the boats are coming. And sometimes mistakes are made, but the boats will still keep coming. And it will be a safe place. And it will be a, a place of family and love. And then this woman tells me, and you know, I just feel like the Lord telling me to tell you, you're not going to mess it up. There's no way you can mess it up because this is God doing this. And I said, okay, Jesus, you're so good. You're so good with restoration. So I started, you know, asking the Lord. And for weeks now, I think about six months ago, one of my spiritual kids found this in the building. And it was all dirty. And it was all full of dirt and Somebody had laid it, and they didn't care about it anymore. And let me tell you how heavy this thing is. It's beautiful after it's been cleaned up. And the part of the word she gave me was the anchors were going to come and be cleaned anchors, and they were going to undergird that place. And it reminded me of this key. And I said, God, this key... I didn't know what it was for until now, and now I'm released to release it to what the Lord wants to do. And he started talking to me about keys and how keys represented authority and access. And this key is like a skeleton key that can open all the doors. And the Lord had been talking to me about God unlocking things in the spirit and he says, I'm unlocking, I'm giving you the key. You didn't know what to use it for, but now I'm giving you direction on what it's supposed to be used for. And so now you're going to know when to use it and how to use it. Um, even our VBS was called Jesus is the Key. And all the kids had keys wrapped around their necks. Because the keys, the children are part of the key of the unlocking. The youth are part of the key of the unlocking of what God wants to do in this place. We need all age groups, all generations together to come together because when they cross the river, they cross together with all the generations together. Not one generation was left behind. And God's always been a person of generations in the body of Christ. He doesn't just, oh, this is the generation that's going to do everything. No, he says, all the generations are needed to come together to bring the move of God. The older ones, the younger ones, the ones in the middle, every single one of us is a part of this next move of God. That, and I really believe even my husband falling for the next step. I was like, yes, there is a next step, Jesus. He's bringing the next step today. If you've been confused, if you've been lost, if you haven't had direction in your life for a while, God is giving you direction this morning. He's giving you the key to have access and authority to places that you didn't have before. And there's so, there's so much more about this that I, I just want to begin to share. He started talking to me about treasures. And I'm going to share a little bit of the word on treasures and what treasures look like to God. And I'm going to release to you in the spirit what God showed me in the spirit last week during worship in the word. Treasures, Matthew 13, 44, the treasure and the pearl. The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure that a man discovered hidden in a field. In his excitement, he hid it again and sold everything he owned to get enough money to buy the field. And again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant out on the, out on the lookout for choice pearls. When he discovered a pearl of great value, he sold everything he owned and he bought it. All the, the agitation, all the frustration, all the hope deferred that you've been going through creates you to be a pearl. When you see the making of a real pearl in the natural, it comes with the more rubbing that it has, the more beautiful the pearl becomes. That's why pearls are very valuable. 
Each one of us is a pearl unto the Lord. And the enemy can come and rub us the wrong way and try to give us counterfeit and try to get us to jump on different things. But see, he can never have us. We just become more beautiful to the Lord in the process of the agitation, in the process of him working through things of our own self in the flesh. It just creates us to be more beautiful for him. And we become this beautiful pearl that has great value. In Luke 12, 33, it says, Sell your possessions and give to those in need. This will store up treasure for you in heaven. And the purses of heaven never get old or develop holes. Your treasure will be safe. No thief can steal it and no moth can destroy it. Wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will be also. The enemy cannot steal from us. He cannot destroy from us. We have a purse that doesn't rot away, doesn't have holes, doesn't, doesn't, um, doesn't uh, deteriorate like our fleshly purses or wallets, as men say it. We have good things that come from heaven, and they will never, ever perish. They will last forever. Treasure in fragile clay jars, 2 Corinthians 4, 5 through 7. You see, we don't go around preaching about ourselves. We preach that Jesus Christ is Lord, and we ourselves are your servants for Jesus' sake. For God who said, let there be light in the darkness, had made this light shine in our hearts so we could know the glory of God that is seen in the face of Jesus Christ. We now have the light shining in our hearts, but we ourselves are like fragile clay jars containing this great treasure. This makes it clear that our great power is from God and not from ourselves. I love that. I love that we're fragile clay jars containing this great treasure. There's great treasure still to be found in every single person who God has created. In yourself, there's treasures there that you haven't even begun to unlock of things that you're capable of doing with God. There's things inside of you that you think maybe had gone dormant, or maybe it died or it withered away, or maybe you think that you lost it. But every single one of those verses tell you right there that the enemy cannot steal and he cannot rob from the purse you have of the heavenly things he's given you. And you keep them forever. They last you forever. Everything, every seed. You know, we were sowing seeds this morning. Every seed that has been sown inside of your spirit is still there. It is not left. It is not withered. It is not rotted away. You know, we were having a conversation, me and a, a person from here the other day, and they were telling me that they take these animals to go and dig up the dirt. Because when they go dig up the dirt, there's old seeds sitting underneath the ground that still hadn't taken root, that was still there, but they just hadn't bloomed yet. And the kicking of the dirt began to bring the seeds up to the surface so that way they could begin to take root and take ground again. Some of you have seeds and God's beginning to dig up the dirt <laughs> that sometimes we put in ourselves, the junk, you know, because he wants the seeds to begin to come to the surface so they can take root and they can begin to grow and flourish and bloom. Pete gave a word this morning about somebody blooming. It's very true because the Lord comes like we were singing this morning with his rain, with the supernatural rain, and it rains on those seeds and causes them to flourish, and they become these beautiful things, more beautiful than we could ever imagine. The one thing they spoke in this word they were giving me was rapid restoration. They began to tell me how they heard the anchors fall. That was the one thing that stuck with me in that encounter I had was that I began to hear the anchors begin to drop their anchor. When a boat wants to be balanced, it drops its anchor for the boat to be balanced, and they can begin to walk real nice and easy on the boats, and they won't fall because the waters can't make them fall because they're anchored to the bottom ground. 
and they don't shift and they don't move anymore by the winds as much when they're anchored. That's why you see these big old lighthouses and you see these big old waves coming in some pictures and the boat is still there and doesn't move because it's anchored. And it doesn't matter how bad the storms come to try to shift the boats. They can't be shifted by the storms. They stay close to the lighthouse because the lighthouse gives direction. And it allows them to see things that they didn't see before. The light begins to shine out. The light of Jesus begins to shine out so bright on the boats that it begins to show them things they couldn't see before to get the proper direction and not to fall for the counterfeit anymore, but just to receive the real. I want to give you an example of what God's restoration looks like. In Amos 9, 11 through 15, he talks about a promise of restoration. It says, In that day I will restore the fallen house of David. Remember the word on this house here is Isaiah 22, 22? About the doors and the opening of the doors of the house of David. Here they are talking about the house of David again and what restoration looks like in the house of David. And it says, In that day I will restore the fallen house of David. I will repair its damaged walls from the ruins. I will rebuild it and restore its former glory. And Israel will possess what is left of Edom and all the nations I have called to be mine. The Lord has spoken, and he will do these things. And the time will come, says the Lord, when the grain and the grapes will grow faster than they can be harvested. Then the Terence vineyards on the hills of Israel with, will drip with sweet wine. I will bring my exiled people of Israel back from their distant lands, and they will rebuild their ruined cities and live in them again. They will plant vineyards and gardens. They will eat their crops and drink their wine, and I will firmly plant them there in their own land. They will never again be uprooted from the land I have given them, says the Lord your God. This time, you're not going to be uprooted. This time, you're not going to fall for the counterfeit. This time, you're going to get the real thing, the real deal. Because I hear your heart in worship this morning. I heard the heart and the cry of people. And the heart and the cry, even of this region, is to have the real thing. They don't want the fake stuff. Even for this whole generation, they want the real stuff. They want to see the real. They don't want the fake. So I'm telling you, I'm telling you, God is coming with a rapid restoration to this place, to this region, and to Ohio. He's coming quickly to restore things. That's what a picture of restoration looks like to the house of David. That's what it was supposed to be from the very beginning. That's why even the song we were singing this morning, take me back to the beginning where it was just me and you, where it all started from. That's why we were singing all those songs. The last part of it, oh my God, that's been my song for like three months now. I play it every day where it says, God, come and rescue me. You called, I answered. He's answering you this morning because you called. And he's rescuing you from the hurt, from the wounds, from everything that the enemies try to come destroy you with. He's rescuing you this morning. I came last week on Thursday. And let me tell you, I just, I just, I just wanted to be on my face with the Lord. Because if you know who I really am, then you'll know that it's more important for me to be on my face with the Lord than even up here. This is just part of my, uh, I guess, uh, my responsibility of who God has positioned me to be. But I would rather be on my face upon the Lord all day and night. That's my favorite thing to do. I don't get enough time to do it all the time, but you know, sometimes you have to fight for the very thing that you like to do. And let me tell you, I came in Thursday, 
And I said, God, it's about you. It's never been about me. And I remember just crying out to him and just speaking over the city, speaking over the town, and I just cried out to the Lord for what he wanted to do in this place, in this region. And as I was crying out to the Lord, I went into this encounter, and I really believe this is, this is for a now time and a now moment for all of us here. See, some, some of you have been here from the very beginning, and some of you came later. But the ones who've been here from the very beginning, I'm very thankful for because, see, they never left. They stood by us the whole entire time. And they, we're not to despise the days of small things. That's what the Word of God says. And see, God is still going to bring the increase in here more than ever right now. And I, I went into this encounter, and these two angels, I remember walking in these waters, deep, deep waters, and I just kept going forward into the deepest, deepest parts of the waters with the Lord. And, and even though I felt afraid at times because I didn't know where God was leading me, I didn't know where I was going, the Lord just kept telling me. And I kept hearing his voice. And he kept saying, you're not deep enough yet. you got to come in a little deeper. you got to keep walking and listen to my voice. Not what you're seeing in the natural, but listen to my voice and let my voice begin to guide you. Not the voice of everything else, just my voice. Let my voice be key to you right now. And as I began to go and walk into these deep waters, I immediately, I could feel like I felt like this big old angel come to the left side of me. And I remember feeling like somebody pushed me like push me out of the way. And it was so real to me. I opened my eyes in this encounter and I really thought that somebody was standing next to me. And I said, oh my God, what was that? Somebody must be in worship and they really need me to move or something. And when I looked, there was nobody there. And I shut my eyes again. And as I shut my eyes, I began to see this angel come with a big old staff, like a rod. And it was a golden rod, and he begins to thrust it in the, in the ocean. If, if you've ever been to the ocean, you know the ocean is extremely deep. So your rod has to be really, really big and long in order for you to hit the ground of the ocean because the ocean is endless. But in the spirit, I began to see the rod go all the way down to the ground and take ground when that, when that rod came and hit. And then all of a sudden, on the right side of me, another angel came, and I'm in the, this is all going on in the water, and another angel comes to the right of me, pushes me this way out of the way, and puts another stake with his left hand and stakes the ground in the ocean again. And all of a sudden, I see the angel on the left and the angel on the right, they begin to push away all the things the enemy had for me, for people here, for the region here. And I just began to see the plans of the enemy begin to be swiped away. And the Lord said, it's a clean slate. I'm swiping everything away. I'm moving all the bad stuff that the enemy meant for bad, and I'm moving it out of your way because, because of what I'm about to do. And all of a sudden, I, I know this is a stretch from, for some of you, but I'm telling you what Jesus showed me. And it's God is for real. Like, he's tangible and he's for real. Your dreams you have are real dreams. The visions you have are real visions. You're not like losing your mind or thinking crazy thoughts. No, that's a lot of it's Jesus, but sometimes... Man doesn't get it because they're trying to figure it out in the natural of what you're speaking about when I'm speaking of things of the Spirit. And the Spirit will set you free. Some of you, he'll free you this morning just by me sharing this encounter because he wants to give you the more. And so I, I, I began to see these two angels, and they're moving stuff away, and they're making way for me to be safe to go down to deeper waters, and there's a treasure chest there. 
and it was a golden treasure chest. And all of a sudden, I saw this key fall, fall in the water. And you know, when you drop something in the water, you don't know where it's going to land. But let me tell you, the Lord made sure that the key came and came directly to my fingertips in the hand in the water. I don't know how, it was like a supernatural thing that the Lord says, you're not going to miss it. You're not going to miss it. I'm going to bring the key right to your hand, and I'm going to give it straight to you. And as I put my hand out to get the key, the key was to open up the treasure chest. And I went down, and I remember in the natural, I'm like, because see, I don't care if I look silly. If the Lord is telling me something in the spirit, I don't care what people are seeing. I'm just going to be obedient because, you know, obedience and having the fear of the Lord begins to bring wisdom to you. And I don't know about you, but I want wisdom from the Lord. I don't want to be confused or be tossed around by the enemy, but I want wisdom. And so I, I, I went down and I unlocked the treasure God had. And when I unlocked it like this, the trunk came open. And the Lord says, now it's time for the treasures to become open. Now it's time for the treasures that I have stored up for a long time to be open and come to pass. Do I know what's in the treasure box? I don't. You know that our kids in ministry here, they have a treasure box, and they're able to put their hand in there. And they have like five seconds to pull whatever they're going to get out. (laughs) And I started thinking about that like right now. (laughs) I started thinking about that sometimes you put your hand in the treasure chest and you don't know what's going to come out. (laughs) But you just be in thanksgiving and grateful for whatever God gives you when you pull it out. And you try not to figure it out with your own mindset and your own thinking. You just become in thanksgiving for what he's given you. And, you. and whatever it is, if it's something small, if it's something big, if it's something great, if, well, whatever it is, it's valuable to the Lord. And for us to even have access to the treasures he's given us is such great opportunity in itself that does it really matter what you pull out of the chest? Some of you will get so focused on what's in the chest and what you're going to get so that way you can look at what you pull out and say if you want it or not. And God's like, don't you, aren't you just grateful that you got to go in the treasure chest and you got to pick something out that you didn't have to pay for, that it was for free? I see sometimes the kids... You know, they go, and they, they go in the treasure chest, and kids are so amazing because they're innocent and they're pure. We have to get back to being like kids again. I was on this last trip, and there was this little girl. I was just walking on the property where we were at, and this little girl comes with her little stuffed animal. And she's all shy, beautiful little girl. And she comes around the corner, and she just looks at me, and she's, like, trying to hide at the same time. And she's with her little stuffed animal. And I looked at her, and I just smiled at her, and I waved to her. And she just gradually pulls out her hand and goes like this to me. And I was like, I knew it was the Lord using this little girl. She did it, like, three or four times to me the whole time I was there. Never spoke a word to me. She would just see me, and she would crawl like this and go, and, and I knew it was the Lord, and I just kept telling God, I was like, thank you, Lord, for that. Thank you, Lord, for reminding me that I have to become a kid again, that I cannot have all these crazy thoughts going on in my brain all the time that stop me from receiving the treasures that you have stored up for me, that I always try to figure things out, and I always have to know the beginning to the end when it doesn't even matter what we're given from him. What matters is that we have access and we have authority of the Lord this season. And with our access and our authority, are we going to use it? Or are we just going to throw it in the dirt and let it get all dingy and dirty and forget that it's there? See, the next generation, which represented one of my spiritual sons, had to come and clean this up. 
and they had to bring it to me. And they said, look what we found. It was like hidden somewhere in the garage somewhere underneath some dirt. And we just saw a little bit of the gold. And when we saw a little bit of the gold, we're like, what is that gold thing there? And they pulled it out and they cleaned it all up. See, you look at it now that it's clean and you're like, man, that's a beautiful key. I want that key. But see, when it's all dirty and dingy, sometimes you don't want things that are dirty and dingy. But there's... It's still treasure. It's still a key. Just because it was dirty and dingy for a little while, I'm speaking to your spirit right now, does not mean that it's worthless. Sometimes things have to be cleaned up a little bit and polished and shined sometimes for them to become beautiful again. Sometimes the frustration and the agitation that the enemy's been presenting to you recently Sometimes it takes that for you to see the beauty even in yourself sometimes. There's two treasures, there's true treasures inside of you that God is unlocking. The Lord told me there's treasures inside of them and there's treasures of suddenlies that I'm trying to release with rapid restoration. And I've been speaking that. You know, I've had so many phone calls from pastors saying, you know, people are leaving. I don't know what to do. I said, you know what you do? You speak differently about what you're seeing. You speak the opposite than what the enemy wants you to speak. And you speak rapid restoration over your congregation. You speak rapid restoration over your family. You speak rapid restoration over your, your finances. You speak rapid restoration over things that you have no control over. Only God does. And you, he makes the impossible possible. He doesn't say we make the impossible possible. He says he does. You know, we, we, were, we, were, we were going on this trip with my family. And it was, it, was, um, it was hard. I had never been on a trip that was so hard to get to in my life. And I'm like, Lord, I don't understand this. This is so hard. We just want some family time. We want to spend time together and hang out. I haven't done this in a while. Why is it so difficult and hard? And he's like, you don't understand. He's like, the very thing that you're, that you're asking for is what I'm doing with other families around you. He's like, the enemy's trying to come and make, and make you feel the heaviness of the load that you're carrying because we were hauling something. And because we were hauling this, this, this cargo in the back, our truck was getting burnt out because it couldn't carry the cargo. And the Lord began to speak to me this morning. And he said, some of you need some new vehicles. Things need to change. Some new things need to start to happen. Because the reason why you need the stronger vehicle with more horsepower, I'm speaking in the spirit here, more horsepower to pull a heavier load. Sometimes you can't use the old things to pull the new things that you're trying to carry for this season. And sometimes God has to come give you something new so that way you can carry the new things and the new loads God's given you to carry. And see, they don't become so heavy when you have more horsepower in your vehicle. Vehicles are your ministry. That's what the vehicle represents. It represents your ministry. And you're going to need something that's going to haul a, lo a, a larger load. And I remember about a week ago, I saw myself up here, and I had these leather straps on me. And I began to see myself like a war horse. And I remember telling the Lord, I said, Lord, I said, you know me, I'm real hard-headed. And I'll keep pursuing, and I'll keep running, and I'll keep going, whether I'm carrying a load or not. I'll just run till I'm burnt out. And the Lord began to show me that with our vehicle. And he's like, you know, you were never meant to carry anything heavy. You were never meant to carry a heavy load. And you keep trying to carry it on your own power and your own will, and you're going to get burnt out. Just like the vehicle couldn't pull the load. He says, but if you give it to me, 
and let me do it. See, you don't get rid of your cargo. You don't get rid of the load God's given you. You don't give up your ministry. You don't say, oh, God, this is too hard for me. I can't do it anymore. You don't run away from the very thing that God's mandated you to do. But you stand there and you say, okay, God, this way isn't working anymore. So give me a solution to find a new way to carry this load for this season that you've given me. And he'll make it easy for you. He'll come and carry the load for you if you just let him. He'll come pull off the heavy loads you've been carrying. And he'll say, just give it back to me. Let me work it out. You're still going to be able to carry the load, but in a different way. And the, and the horsepower may have to increase. You may need some help. I just saw that right now. You may need some other horses to come help you carry the load. Because see, it's never been about one person. It's never been about two people, three people. It's, been about, it's, it's about a lot of people. A lot of boats coming together to carry the load. So if you say, oh God, why do you want to use me? Who am I? Oh, he'll use you if you let him. Because, see, it's not just about me and Pete or my family or even some people that have moved here. It's all of us together. Together as family, carrying the load together. Don't we have this saying in your family, like, if we all work together to clean up, it'll go by faster. We'll get it done quick, right? <laughs> we say things and we don't even realize we're speaking of the spiritual things, too. See, we can't be lone rangers this season. We can't be running around in rogue Christianity, running around by ourselves. We need one another. We need one another as family. And if you feel that you're not needed, you are very needed. I'm telling you right now, you're very needed in the body of Christ. Are you perfect? No, I'm not perfect. But I'm telling you, even you being here this morning, he's positioning you to understand that you're needed in the body of Christ and your call isn't over yet. I want to speak to these three ladies here because I really feel the spirit of the Lord on this. But I see like these three ladies that are sitting with the pink and the black and the other one next to you with the white top. I see you like a three-chord strand. Like the Lord put you together on purpose. Like, even, even this morning, I don't even know if y'all know each other, but I know even this morning you're sitting together like a three-quart strand in the spirit. The Lord is going to bring strength to you together. And you need one another this season. And you can't do it by yourselves. Because the Lord has positioned you together on purpose to lay your head on one another at times that things are difficult or hard. And to be there for one another in the hard times. And you're very much needed in the body of Christ. Your um, assignment isn't over yet. Um, he's breathing on it today. And he's going to restore things in rapid restoration. And you don't lose anything in the kingdom of God. He just keeps adding to things. But you don't ever lose anything in the kingdom of God. He just says, you thought you lost it, but you didn't. I'm, I'm telling you right now, you didn't lose anything. God is bringing a rapid restoration in some areas. And it's going to happen very quickly. And I just began to, I don't know your name, so please forgive me. I'm so glad you came today. Um, this woman with the striped shirt and the necklace. Hi. <laughs> what is your name? Joanne. Very nice to meet you. But I really, I really saw you in the spirit. And I just wanted to remind you that you're a giant in the spirit. Your prayer, your intercession is powerful. And um, you can't stop. It's not time for you to drop your load, drop the assignment God's given you. I know times have been hard for you, and I understand what that's like. And sometimes you just want to drop the load and forget about it and be like, I just want to be free and go do whatever I want to do. And the Lord's like, no, you have an assignment, baby. And you got to stick to the assignment I've given you. And you're going to begin to see the fruit 
of what God has had you do for a long time very quickly. So I speak rapid restoration to your ministry, to who you're called to be. I just saw like a shidarabashati. You know, the Lord gave me this scripture for you while in worship, and I just started asking the Lord about it. And I was like, man, that's so good, God. Let me pull it up because I want to read it to you. But it, I really saw it as the Lord like speaking to you in the spirit with this. And it was so good. I don't, I don't, I want to make sure I had it. Oh, you know what? I have it right here because I remember I put it aside just for you. Micah 5, 4. He will stand and shepherd his flock in the strength of the Lord, in the majesty of the name of the Lord his God, and they will live securely, and then his greatness will reach to the ends of the earth. Your prayers, they reach to the ends of the earth. I'm telling you right now, it's very powerful. And I saw the Lord come and put like, like something in your back, like a metal rod in your back, like to align you again for you to begin to um, have more of heaven come. <laughs> You're going to really start having encounters with heaven very quickly. And in that encounters, he's going to give you direction how to pray and what to pray. And it's not going to be work anymore. It's going to be like easy peasy. <laughs> we just want to thank the Lord right now. Thank you, Jesus. You're so good this morning, Lord. So if we could just stand this morning. You know, I, I went into this vision during worship. And um, it was the Lord reminding me of something. See, this place here was really great at one time. And you know why it was so great in this building one time? Because they, they couldn't talk enough about the goodness of God. <laughs> Some of our language has to begin to change this morning to just talk about the goodness of God and not be negative anymore and talk about all that the enemy's doing because we're making the enemy famous instead of Jesus famous. And so what we're speaking out of our mouths has power. And we have to begin to align ourselves with heaven and talk about what heaven's doing and the goodness of God. And you're like, well, I don't know what to, say, what to speak about his goodness. Did you wake up this morning? Were you breathing? Were you alive? Because you can start there. If you were breathing this morning and you woke up and you were able to get out of bed, you know, we were getting so hit during this trip. We're sitting there in our car trying to fix our vehicle that was giving us problems. And here this man comes in a little scooter right before us. And my husband is so awesome. He says, you know, we really can't get frustrated about our vehicle being messed up. Look at this man. He can't even walk. He can't even get out of his chair. But you know what? Not even that stopped him because he was in his little push-button machine going everywhere he wanted to go. So whatever's been trying to stop you, let it go this morning. Get the keys of access, the keys of authority this morning for the Lord to give you rapid restoration in your life. He wants to restore your hearts. He wants to restore your ministries. Some of you have a ministry that you've put aside and God's saying no. Some of you have stopped doing things that you used to do because the enemy came and lied and you fell for the counterfeit and didn't receive the, the true thing. But God is faithful. And I'm telling you right now, if you just pick up the key he's given you, see, I'm a person who does things in the natural to live by faith of the supernatural. So I want you to just reach out your hand right now. Grab your keys. They're in the atmosphere. Just say, God, I take my key back. I take my key back that the enemy had never, ever had any authority over, God. I take the key that you've given me. 
I take the access and I take the authority back that you've given me in the spirit, God, in the things of the kingdom, God. God, and I don't let, I don't lose my keys anymore, God. God, my keys won't be lost anymore, God. They won't be left behind and get dirty and grungy anymore, God. I will value the keys you've given me, God. I will take hold of them and, and, and tie them around my neck and hold them close to my heart, God. And I will praise you with all of my heart, with all of my soul, all my days, God. Until you have something else for me to do, God. Some of your keys may be heavy. Some of them may be light. And they're going to all look different, your keys. But I'm telling you, God's going to give you the endurance for this race that he's given you. He's going to give you the treasures that he has stored up for you this morning. The suddenlies are going to come. His goodness and his suddenlies are going to come quickly. God, we stretch out our hand this morning to receive your suddenlies, God. The suddenlies of your goodness, God, that they reign in this place again, God. That all we can talk about is your goodness, God. All we can talk about is how good of a daddy you are, Lord. God, that you fill our mouths and you fill our bellies with your goodness this morning, God. That all we have to say is about your goodness, Lord. It's not about anything else, Lord, but just about your goodness that you give us every single day when we wake up, Lord. Some of you are going to feel it in your bellies right now. You're going to feel like something comes and fills the voids in your belly again. Shimaha. And you're going to start remembering a lot of things that you forgot about. Just take it all in. Say, God, fill my mouth and fill my belly. <laughs> just speak it out loud in the atmosphere. Fill my mouth and fill my belly. You know, I just saw us getting overfilled this morning. <laughs> Let them come overfill your cup this morning. Because it never runs dry and it never runs out. Let it fill, let them fill it with the living waters this morning. Let your hunger and your thirst begin to pull from heaven right now. Overflow it, God. Overflow it, God. Overflow every single cup here. Every single cup of every person watching online, God, overfill their cup, Lord. Overfill their cup, God. Let your living waters begin to overflow it, Lord. With your goodness, Lord.